Good morning. You're listening to 10 Minutes on Tuesday for Propel. My name's James Haken from Elliot's, and I'm your host for today. And I'm delighted to be joined by Paul Goodall of Pizza Lights. Welcome, Paul. If we can start off by asking you to tell me a little bit about yourself and what it is you've done before. Good afternoon, James. I am a co-founder of Pizza Lux and also the founder of Fred's Food Construction. Um, I have been in the restaurant business for the past 20 years. I started out in luxury hotels in food and beverage. I think when I was a kid I got confused between staying in nice hotels and working in them. So I went to one nice hotel and thought that it would be the same to work in it as it was to uh, stay in it, which turned out to not always be the case. Um, But nothing I've ever seen or been asked to do in hotels put me off my choice of career. So I was 13 when I thought it would be a good idea and I still think it's a good idea most days in my 44th year. Perhaps you could tell the listeners a little bit about the Pizza Lux concept for people who may not know it. The idea is that obviously pizza is the most popular food within the world's most popular category, which is Italian. And also, I only ever do things that I'm personally passionate about, and I absolutely love pizza. You know, if I could eat it eight days a week, I probably would. It's not anything I'm very proud of, but I love it, (laughs) so why not? When um, Laura started the market store, it was an observation that she didn't eat the crusts on lots of pizzas that she was served, and she thought lots of people also shared that view. So she wanted to make a very light pizza that was a bit healthier than maybe some of the very cheese-laden types that you get. So really it was the idea was to innovate with slightly different, fresher ingredients on the topping and have a very thin base, which was slow-proven, so there was no residual yeast, so there was no sort of bloating and just a product that felt that it wasn't naughty, but it was actually, you know, doing you good physically as well as spiritually. <laughs> um, and that was as simple as that. Laura started making making these pieces. My role was, was pretty light touch in terms of sort of dreaming up the actual concept on the menu. And, uh, and then Laura would bring it to life. And, you know, it's worked pretty well. I mean, our, um, our top-selling pizza is a lamb carpaccio with rocket feta, pomegranate and mint and it's not, again, the typical menu staple that you see in a pizzeria but it's you know something which is distinctly different and we think Pizza Lux is very different because it is unlike all the others that we've seen in the category it's much lighter and much healthier than the majority of competitors So really big growth plans In terms of the business itself you talk to us about the funding process that's going alongside this because obviously I think you're running Crowdcube right now Sure, so we are a little over halfway funded. Um, it's, it's finishing at the end of the month. Um, it's, been, it's been an incredible experience. I mean, it is really living, it's a bit like sort of financial big brother, but you do feel like you're living completely vicariously on the internet and everything you do is observed and commented on, which I suppose is quite modern. I'm not sure I'd like to do it for the rest of my life, but it's certainly been a good experience to notch up for one, you know, once. Um, you do have to be highly organised and it is very much a marketing play and I think what Crowdcube and what, what crowdfunding platforms have done is access you know, give, give a whole new generation of entrepreneurs access to start-up funds that they wouldn't have already had and also more established businesses to give them very, very favourable terms on relatively large checks in terms of debt at decent coupons So it's probably 
endemic of the times that we live in, in terms of the way that banks have, at various points in the last five years, stopped lending. Maybe now there's more liquidity back in the market, but it certainly isn't the way it was back in 2006, 2005, when you could get debt on very little supporting documentation and over-leveraged businesses if, if, if that's what, what you wanted to do. Um, it's completely different these days, and I think Crowdcube and, and, their, and, their, and their like have, have opened up a whole new funding market to people. Great. I know you've been involved with so many projects, but I'm wondering, when you look around within the wider dining scene, what's your take on the current position of the market? Um, well, selfishly, nobody questions why I'm going into the restaurant business anymore, <laughs> and that's actually, without sounding facetious, that's what's really changed in the last 20 years because when I left hotel school, which was 1994, so yeah, exactly, you know, 21 years ago, everybody without exception, my friends and relatives, assumed that you failed your exams and you didn't really have any alternative but to go into catering. And I think, you know, first it was the chefs being led with the celebrity chef kind of genre, which caused chefing to become cool. Although for the life of me, actually, I think still, the longer I spend in kitchens, the less I find that, you know, that anything other than just a really, really hard way to make a living. And uh, I respect massively anyone that does that. Um, but, you know, front of house, I think, still probably only just now with things like Russell's programme or, you know, there's still a huge way to go in terms of making the, the work of the restaurateur actually trendy and cool. And I think, yeah, that's... That has really, really changed. You know, the scene is so vibrant in terms of in terms of the diner now, and I think it, the UK is polarised as well. I mean, you know, London has had such a different recession. Central London's had such a different recession to the rest of the UK that there's a, a very, very big gap, um, which has which has opened up. And I'm sure anyone outside London won't want me to be saying this, but it's just observationally what I see is to be the case you know there's been an influx of cash into the center of london through the credit crunch for various reasons arab spring you know the relative stability of the uk banking system the political stability of the system the fact that it's a good place to put your kids through school you know all of those things have helped generate a very frothy very very high-end restaurant business and I think that's permeated, that quality has then permeated its way through the whole market. And also the fact that London, you know, for all the um, criticism of our immigration policy, and I'm not one of the people that's going to be making any negative comments around that, I think on the contrary, it's the, it's the reason that London is such an absolutely fantastic place to live in. It's because of the fact it's the world city and it's a real melting pot of culture and civilization. And that manifests itself extremely positively in restaurant and dining because that's an integral part of you know the way that you express a culture. And I think whether it's the person cooking it or the person eating it, London's all the richer for the fact that it's got 130 whatever it is different languages being spoken in it. And I think that fascination and that interest um, and sort of gastronomic tourism has really, really driven a very vibrant restaurant scene. And it also driven an extremely extremely knowledgeable customer and I think you know the fascination in food from domestic domestic scene onwards and that's probably you know Jamie Oliver I suppose was the first sort of like <laughs> Delia Smith in Converse do you know what I mean but you know picked up the whole new sort of approach to you know food being cool 
and you know now people are obsessed with, with with cooking at home as well as going out and cooking and then I think digital social media is also so so perfectly suited to to food and sharing it because it's a fundamentally social activity so for all those reasons it is incredible to be on you know to, to, to see the effect of that in, in, in the restaurant scene in London it's just unrecognisable from from 20 years ago when I first started I and mean, even five years ago it's probably moved on so fast but there is a huge difference between London and the rest of the UK but I think you know it filters through like Leeds has obviously had a fantastic last couple of years and everyone's been opening in Leeds now Manchester seems to be you know and I can't say the new Leeds because anyone in Manchester would haul that as an idea but you know Manchester is now on everybody's lips in terms of the place that the next big wave of restaurants is opening so there's always you know, a great deal of fascination and interest and fundamentally people need to spend more of their disposable income on going out and the more that they do that the better for us you've already done Leeds, I presume Manchester is on the radar for the future. Is there any routes that you see Pizza Lux going outside the M25 or is it very much this London hub? Well, I was had a really, I, I was a very, very great affinity for Manchester because of the five years that I spent going there like every week. Um, I think that's what I told Des, I better stick to the script. I think it was every week, you know, I was definitely, I was definitely there once a month anyway. Um, you know, it's an incredible city. It's got such a strong identity and it's got such a fantastic cultural heritage and modern cultural heritage around, you know, arts and music. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, I have nothing but nothing but warm memories of the place. I mean, we used to, we, we, we ran Zinc there for, you know, five years before the deal with the individual restaurant company. And obviously they, 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 they then kept it on. It was just a cool place. I remember, you know, Anthony Wilson used to come in every morning for his cup of coffee and a bowl of water for the dog, and it was, you know, not a bad place if he's your first customer and he's one of the, you know, one of the coolest record labels ever. It just says a lot about the city and the vibrancy of the city. So I definitely, I'd definitely do it again, but I wouldn't do it lightly because you've got, you know, masters of their art like, you know, Tim Bacon that use it as their kind of test bed and head office. So you can't just turn up and expect everything to be fantastic without putting a really, you know, a really considerable effort into it. And I think at the moment Pizza Lux, although as you said, we've done leads and we've we've had a great time up there, not just with land security who've been, you know, very visionary tenants, uh, very visionary landlords with that scheme with, with Trinity Kitchen, but also with our neighbours in the other the other tenancies. We've all become very firm friends now. Um, and I think, you know, we, 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 we have a, we've had a great time and we've learnt a lot about our business and about how we can control something with a 200 mile gap and it's, you know, we're proud of the fact we've demonstrated we can do that pretty cleanly as a very small business but probably the, the immediate future for Pizza Lux lies close to home purely because we want to try and ramp it up and do a bit more and it's just makes basic it's basic, basic physics but if there's any you know, me, Laura couple of other people around do we want to be spending four hours on the journey to go there and back and we could be going to two sites or three sites in the same in the same time so it's just for that reason we'll probably stick to uh, central London for the immediate future post you know post expansion or post funding because we've never had any debt in the business um, and we've never had any equity investment we've just done it through sort of thin air cash flow and 
sheer bloody mindedness. And whilst that is, you know, to be <laughs> to be applauded, it also is quite a slow dance. And I think now we've come to the conclusion that the potential and the opportunity is such that we should be going out and getting some money into it and juice it up and get on with it. So that's what we're trying to do now. So it will be focused in, in the middle of London. That's all really impressive, Paul. Thank you so much for your time. I think we've probably got to wrap up now. But uh, fingers crossed for that crowdfunding. I wanted to say to all the listeners, thank you so much for tuning in again. And be sure to watch out on Propel Info because we will be coming out with another one again not too far in the distant future. Thank you and bye-bye.